In this episode of the unofficial Founders and Coders podcast, I talk to Dan, the founder of Founders and Coders, and Josh, who's just got his first coding job after finishing the bootcamp. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founders and Coders podcast. I am Zizi, um, your host today, and I'm joined by Josh, another Fact20 alumni. Say hello, Josh. Hello. Hello. And Dan, the founder of Founders and Coders. Hi. How's it going today then, guys? Uh, I'm having a great day. Um, I, I actually just finished my second day as a software developer. Um, so pretty exciting times. And how about you, Dan? Uh, nothing as exciting as that, but it's been, I think it's been a good day. Uh, I've been chatting quite a lot to Fact 20 graduates and uh, checking up on how they're doing with the job searches and uh, getting, getting really helpful feedback on how we could be doing things better. So I'm super curious about your new job, Josh. Um, I'm also really excited to be able to ask you about like how Founders and Coders started and things like that as well, Dan. Uh, but Josh, as this is just the second day of working for Citizen Ticket, if I've got that right, how's it been? Yeah, it's been great. Um, it's been a lot of setup uh obviously sort of just getting integrated and setting up the development environment um it takes a bit of time so just sort of been hacking away at uh various error messages <laughs> um but shaving yeah. the yak yeah yeah exactly exactly um but no uh i'm, I'm working with uh sylvia who is a fac alumni too um she's She's uh, she's in the same role as me, but as um, she's been doing it for a little while now, so she's sort of like my mentor. Um, and yeah, we we actually started planning our first sprint today. Um, so yeah, very exciting, very exciting. It's um, it's prototyping at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's all cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean. I'm I'm like not too long from my first day as well. Have you got have you got any tips for just how to get the most out of those first organizing steps of slight chaos? Uh I mean I've just been I I I guess just constantly, you know, ask questions. Um I feel I feel like I've just been really trying to make the most of of having someone that's quite available to to help me in the last couple of days. Um, so it's, it's been really nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've had like, I've had obviously loads of talks about, uh, the sort of the company structure and their workflow and, uh, the platforms and stuff. So, um, just, uh, yeah, just sort of using my curiosity and, and trying to find out as much as I can. Um, it's also really helpful because it's, it's a small team. So, um, it's pretty easy to really get hold of anyone. Um, so I was having a little data protection talk with the, uh, the CTO today and we were constantly going on tangents about various sort of like 
cryptography or other other security measures and then we started talking about blockchain um <laughs> it was really cool mm -hmm. must be yeah nice to be working at a company that's like interested in using blockchain stuff yeah it's um it's really cool uh and i'm i'm sort of doing my best to learn as much of, about blockchain as possible um been been a part of uh, London Blockchain Labs for the last few weeks, which is which has been been nice. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm learning a lot, and it's nice that I've got someone who, I mean, the, the CTO sort of like single handedly built this this sort of blockchain um, API that we work with, and um, it'll be nice to get to a point where I can sort of like talk to him on a technical level about things. Um, which hopefully in a few weeks I'll be able to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, lots of new information at the moment. So just trying to take it all on board as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just uh, loads and loads of questions. Um, probably keep a notepad next to you as well. <laughs> I already do. <laughs> it's good to know it might come in handy. Um, yeah, it was a funny thing about um, doing founders and coders. I've been so used to taking notes on paper all of the time, like have, having loads of books around me from teaching. Um, and then suddenly I could do everything on the computer. I've just had a unused notepad for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know, I've always been so bad at taking notes. Um, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not a note taker at all. So it's um i mean i've been doing it out of necessity in the last couple of days but uh yeah i think i think i'll be getting the the notion uh workspace back up and running yeah so um dan um i guess i mean you actually hells you must have some questions for josh i i look i'm i definitely have questions for josh i what i'm most curious about is I, I suppose how and what I always want to hear about from uh, students is like how they came across us and how how it, your perception was formed of what founders and coders might be and and then whether what we ended up being was different to that or exactly what you hoped it would be and obviously I'm always curious to know as well so Josh I, I would love to get your take on this uh, about uh, you know what what about your experience at Founders and Coders worked for you and and what didn't and you know how we could be doing things better and uh, that's the stuff I'm al I always want to know about from people that study with us yeah um, that's a, it's a great question and I think I think the the single most important factor uh, that that really drew me to founders and coders was the fact that it's all it's all peer led and project based. Um, and I, I mean, going back to this point, like I'm a I'm a terrible terrible note taker, so I learn by doing things myself. Um, I, I I really despise sort of like you know just trying to jot down information and then memorize it. I'd much rather get stuck in and get my hands dirty building stuff. Um, and that's from start to finish what what facts been all about really isn't it so um uh, you know at, at the end of the, the course a few weeks ago you know what? it's it's funny because i've got um 
in the in the last few weeks, uh, a couple of my my friends um, approached me, and we've we've started like a little side project together, and they're, they're both um, computer science graduates. Um, so they both know what they're doing, and um, we've we started building a, a web app, and it's it's crazy how much I'm able to do be, just because I've got so much like real world experience actually building projects um, under lots of different contexts. Um, so, you know, I'm already able to handle all of the stuff like the password management or, you know, database setup. Whereas, uh, whereas those guys like either haven't done it in a while or just did it in quite like a theoretical context. Um, so it's, it's, it's so cool to be able just to, bring any project I want to life quite easily. Mm. Yeah. I, the other thing I, I'm always curious about is at what, at what point in, in your life, I guess it's your recent life, you decided that you were going to be a software developer uh, and like how that happened, whether that was like an epiphany, you just decided one day after, or maybe you had a conversation with a friend and you thought, yeah, actually this is what I want to do or whether you gradually slid into it and it took you a while to realize that this was going to be a viable career path for you. Can I add a bit to that question as well, Josh? Can I also ask what you were doing before founders and coders? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, great questions. Um, to to answer to answer yours first, Dan, um, I've always I've always sort of like been around technology and computers. Um, like I, I I I've always been like a big computer gamer, so I've just been in that environment. Um, so I've always had that interest, and it was always something that I'd considered as a child and like throughout my throughout my sort of like young adult life um i thought like oh, maybe i could maybe i could start like building games or um maybe that expanded that to software this this the single point actually or rather two points um where i thought like wow this is seriously something i want to do um it was actually the fallout from the 2016 us presidential election and the brexit election uh, referendum sorry where there was this sort of like big fallout with um like the cambridge analytica scandal and it was sort of realized that you know this sort of like quite nebulous company had had been harvesting quite a lot of people's data and and sort of like using it to um kind of like influence people's opinions without them really knowing and i thought like my god like technology is now we've got to a point where technology can influence entire populations minds uh without them knowing and i i i thought that was incredible i like highly unethical of course but it was at that point i just thought this is really cool um <laughs> really because i because i remember all of that and i was like this is terrifying um yeah. but 
I can completely see how that could, even if that was your position, you could be motivated into finding out more about that world because, you know, if there is like this big sort of nebulous threat, then understanding it more, like, gives you makes you less influenced by it yeah exactly it has less power over you um and uh, yeah it is it is horrifically terrifying um i i completely agree um and you know what my first thought was really like i want to i need the skills so that i can be involved in this conversation because there's clearly uh, a disparity between what we are technologically capable of doing and the legislation that sort of beholders us to these you know you know there's the laws just haven't kept up with the technology i feel and uh i feel like i i want to be a part of this conversation that i think we're going to have in the next sort of like decade and what we are already having with with people's data and stuff and i'm i'm sure you can uh have a be and put on this down but um that was it was specifically this field that that really that really inspired me to um, put everything else down and uh, yeah become a software developer. Yeah, although you've just made a really good case for something like founders and lawyers, uh, because you're quite right that the scary thing is is not just the technology, but whether whether our legal structures can keep up with them and and cope with the changes. But I don't know if you can do a legal boot camp and be ready to practice in the high court after four months. <laughs> that would be quite impressive, wouldn't it? It um, certainly would. So yeah, and, and, and to answer your question as easy, um, I was I was actually studying physics at Manchester um, before, so this was uh, sort of 2014, 2016. And um I I actually really didn't like it. Uh, and I think it just comes back to this this point that um, I just don't deal well in very um, sort of like theoretical settings where I'm just having to absorb information and regurgitate it. Um, so I actually I actually dropped out and I, I left uni um, because I, I wasn't particularly satisfied. Um, and yeah, I just traveled for a few years. I became a, I became a bartender, worked in a few different cities, um, notably Melbourne, which was cool. They've got a great bar scene over there. And, um, it was, there was the start of this year. I was sort of trying to do some coding where I could, um, which was just not really, (laughs) not really enough when I was working night shifts all the time. But, uh. Yeah, at the start of this year, um, obviously coronavirus happened and the hospitality industry shut down. Um, so I was I was getting paid my my furlough wage um, without any <laughs> without the responsibility of having to go to work. So at that point, I uh, I just sort of dedicated myself to to learning JavaScript, doing the prerequisites for founders and coders. Which, uh, funnily enough, I found out through Lisa. Um, as she was thinking of applying so and that's your partner yeah um, yeah just in case girlfriend. people are listening <laughs> and they don't know <laughs> girlfriend and uh fellow uh, course mate 
Yeah, I think I think that might be a Founders and Coders first. I'm not sure. But to have a, a, a couple coming on the same cohort. Uh, we, um, I remember through the application process, we, we both made like a very, very clear point of not letting anyone know we wanted, we wanted, you know, the sort of like the fairest, um, application possible. So we made a point of like trying not to come to the, um, meetups in the same room, um, that kind of so like we, we didn't tell anyone we were together and we, we fully we, we sort of talked to each other when we were going through the application we said like look statistically it's highly likely that one of us is going to get on and one of us isn't going to isn't going to make it and so we were like thoroughly prepared for that um to like you know support the other in whichever way it happened but you know we were we were both lucky um and uh yeah absolutely loved it it's funny that because, yeah, I think there are lots of people on the cohort who didn't realise that you two were not just together, but in the same building <laughs> like, <laughs> until we were like halfway through or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think because of, because of lockdown as well, I think we, we were in, because we, we both moved in with my, with my mum for a little while and then, um, I think we we were we, I think Lisa may have gone back to London for a, for a time as well. So there probably were quite long periods where we were just sort of like opposite parts of the country. Um, but yeah, most of the time we're in the okay. next room from each other. <laughs> um, so I I want to circle back um, and ask you about some of the things that Josh has talked about, Dan. Mm. Um, so. Um, sort of these ideas of empowering yourself by learning um about technology about the web um was that was that sort of part of the thinking and starting founders and coders yeah well i just i i think in answering that question i'm gonna i i just want to respond to some of josh's reflections about his recent past because in some senses our, our journeys uh, echo each other's because I too, in a in a very different time, uh, went to Manchester and studied physics at, at, at what I I guess is still the Schuster Labs. And, yeah, it's just a building. <laughs> and I I I didn't have a great time either. I have to say, I I came very close to dropping out in my second year because I really didn't at that point understand what I was doing and why I was doing it. And to, to some extent, maybe to quite a big extent, Founders and Coders was a belated response to my disaffection with my own education. Could I, could I interrupt here before you go any further, Dan, and say that I also almost dropped out of my physics degree. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I felt I felt very uninspired by it part of the way through, um, and worked very very hard to find why I liked the subject again, um, but was lucky enough to do that and did finish it. Yeah, I still remember my very first week. I remember there was a lecture that I went to 
on it was an introduction to quantum mechanics and i was really excited about quantum theory because uh, i i had before i came and did did the course i i wasn't really looking forward to it and i i wasn't quite sure why i was doing it and so i was trying to find ways to inspire myself and i came across a couple of books one was by fritjof capra it was called the tower of physics it's it's a book that now is more or less lost to history but in the 80s when i read it it was newly published and I, it was really exciting it was about the intersection between eastern philosophy and western science and particularly physics there was another book called the dancing wooly masters on a similar topic and it got me it got me g'd up and it got me to the point where i was actually looking forward to coming to manchester and i remember that that introduction to quantum mechanics i went to and i remember going to the bottom of the lecture theater at the end of the lecture to go and talk to uh, the physicist who had just given that talk and I told him about my experience. I said, you know, I've been reading this stuff about Eastern philosophy and Western science, and it's got me really excited. And have you got any thoughts on this idea that there might be a connection between the two? And he looked at me like I was a complete idiot. And he said, no, that stuff is all nonsense. Uh, this course has got nothing to do with that. And obviously that was going to be the response he was going to give me but i in my inexperience and naivety wasn't expecting it and it it really deflated me and i don't think i ever fully recovered for the next three years of my degree so i this is funny this is not something i've talked about in a very long time but it's bringing back bringing back memories this is this is no longer a podcast about founders and coders it's a podcast about surviving your physics degree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i yeah there is there is that thing about like university like lecturing and not not understanding how to encourage people to pursue <laughs> whatever they're interested in like there's i mean, some lecturers have it some don't but like i i found that the vast majority didn't um so yeah i i can completely understand how that would have somewhat deflated you i think there's i think uh i think physics is particularly bad for it as a as a field but i think there is just um this air of, uh, I, I guess, just superiority um, and elitism, because it's you know it's a difficult subject and you've you've got to you've got to sort of understand a lot to get to a to a point where you where you're at undergraduate and I think. Um, I think that probably the single reason I found it so difficult was that um, my peers were just all quite unforthcoming with help and assistance, um, which uh, again was, was a reason why I found founders and coders to be so so excellent. Um, is because it's based on this this whole philosophy of. You know, no one is left behind. You can't ask a stupid question. Um, and that is such an important environment 
for for me and I think anyone to to really excel in um because I think we've all been in a situation before where it's almost like you want to ask a question but it's not sometimes you don't even know enough about the topic to form a good enough question if that makes sense um so yeah I mean coming coming back to the founders and coders and the philosophy but um it's just been incredible it's it's been exactly sort of the environment and the structure that i've been able to flourish in it's been brilliant mm. mm-hmm. i mean that's my feeling as well um so so how do we get there dan how did you get there even yeah so it actually started out as me trying to recover my and again it's quite a long journey because it's a while ago since i was at university but it was an attempt for me to recover my love of learning uh which you know i do have and i you know i mostly exercise that through my adult life by just reading lots around lots of different subjects and teaching myself programming uh and i was fortunate enough to you know come come into uh and get familiar with the web in its early days when serious software engineers were building serious things and weren't doing anything on on the web and so there was this period in the mid 90s mid to late 90s really where uh, it, it was a bit of a playground and anyone with a little bit of experience could find their way in and all of us were self-taught and so so for me the, the the web was always an environment where i wasn't really learning from others i was just picking things up as i went along and that was my self learning but i i got to a point uh, it was i i know when it on it, it was in 20, 2012 and it was in 2012 because i have had quite a long career before founders and coders in web publishing in all kinds of roles mainly technical but also um in management and in business development as well so i was I, the typical person who sort of done everything internet related and my last the last big project i was involved in was uh working on the websites of the london olympic games so that all came to an end in 2012 and i was a bit of a loose end uh I was at a loose end and not quite sure what to do. And 2012 was also the year that the Coursera platform launched with Andrew Ang's course on machine learning. And uh, in what I, you know, expected to be a gap between jobs, I picked up that course and had a go at it and got a little bit bored of just learning on my own in my bedroom and I thought but I thought that the the platform had a lot of potential and all it needed was maybe a, a, a bit more of a social environment and so i i started organizing meetups in the british library for people doing coursera courses that was really where founders and coders started <laughs> and i i kind of rediscovered my love of learning in a structured way because the coursera courses had a lovely structure Uh, but what i discovered for the first time which i had never experienced before was the pleasure of of learning something in the company of others 
who also were just learning and knew no more than I did. And the only thing we had in common is that we had watched the videos and done the homework for this course on Coursera that we'd chosen uh, to study together. And it was, it, it was an absolute revelation. And so from 2013 onwards, it, everything I did was to try and see what I could do to create this combination of a structured environment, but one in which, you know, there wasn't necessarily an expert in the room, that the, the learning and the teaching were, was all done by a group of peers. And, and where we've got to now with Founders and Coders is a series of iterations on that initial desire and insight. And I mean, there are lots of details, lots of details between that initial starting point and where we are now. But that broadly is the is the is the story, or, or at least the motivation of, of <laughs> behind founders and coders, and and why you've both been through the program, and why I'm still fully engaged with it, and loving loving every minute of it. And why you've been encouraging us to work so much together when we picked up a course straight after Founders and Coders as well. Of course, they're a course, no less. <laughs> yeah. So to be really clear about that, um, that you doing you doing that isn't just an echo. It's a it's it's a reiteration of of how I found my way uh, into where we are now. And and I think the most important part of doing this course is is building up a habit of of being able to f seek people out that share your curiosity about a certain subject and to go off and do something about it together and by the way that doesn't always work sometimes people go through founders and coders usually they'll go get a job quite quickly and that combination of being exhausted after doing the course and then the it's also as Josh is just finding out and as easy as you're about to find out, it's it's pretty challenging and pretty exhausting being a software developer for the first time in a professional role. And so people often will lose the habit of of finding other people and finding something that you want to do and they want to do and to find a way to support each other to do it. And it's it's I, I think actually f sort of four months of founders and coders is not quite long enough to establish those habits and feel the value of them. So I think what you two have done and, and the rest of you that have been involved in that course, I think is really, really important because I hope you'll stick with it. And then I hope after a suitable rest, um, because you'll I'm sure you'll need it, you, I hope sometime early next year you'll find another course or maybe a couple of courses that some of you want to follow together i think we might have bitten off more than we could chew with that algorithms course though. <laughs> you know i've got a, it's a lot i've got a guilty secret around that i never finished that course either <laughs> and it was one of the ones it was one of the ones that uh that i did try and get a group going around so just to let you know you won't be the first if you give up before the end <laughs> oh I, I am enjoying it but it's taking way more of my time than i thought it yeah. would yeah four hours a week is yeah. pretty optimistic isn't it um definitely 
definitely. But it's it it's so nice to because it's quite it's quite mathematical, isn't it? And it's 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 flexing some brain muscles that haven't been flexed in a hell of a long time. Yeah, quite enjoying I mean, it. I think so. We've gone from learning lots of very very practical things to um, in founders and coders to doing something that's like super theory based in this course, and like that's just a completely completely different direction. Um, now I know Josh that you um, were well, obviously you did uh, part of a physics degree, but I've seen mm-hmm. your um, A level results as well from your CV. I know you are particularly good at maths. Um, <laughs> I I personally <laughs> am struggling despite the fact that I have also done a physics degree, like having not like stretched those mathematical muscles in that way anymore uh, or for a long time. So yeah, like it's nice to do, but it's, it's a lot. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, but I think, I think it's so, I mean, realistically <clears throat> I would have, uh, I would have probably dropped this if it wasn't for you. And I feel like you'd have probably dropped this if it wasn't for me and you know, the others, so I think um, I'm very glad that we, we've decided to tackle this together. And I think it's going to give us the motivation to continue. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so you've told us how Founders and Coders started. Like, are you are you happy with where it's got to now, Dan? No, of course not. There's There's so much more still to do. But I, I guess I'm I'm happy. Hold, 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 yes, that's what I was going to ask. Ha- Not like that it's in the place you want it to be, but like, are you like satisfied in a sense with where it is right now? So I I am so grateful for the team I've got around me. I couldn't be happier about that. Uh, I've really enjoyed working with your cohort that's just graduated with FACT20. Uh, I, working with you has reminded me, although every cohort does this in its own way, but it's reminded me of why, why I'm doing what I'm doing and uh, makes me feel, makes me be able to look at myself in the mirror in the morning and uh, to be to be relatively happy with the work that I'm doing. Uh, so that is really important. But also, I can't look at what we're doing and not see loads of ways in which we could be doing it better. Um, I also, you know, another thing that actually goes back to uh, what I was talking about earlier about my own motivations, one thing I'm not happy about is that I wish I had more time for my own learning. And obviously I'm learning, you know, by running Founders and Coders, but it's a different kind of knowledge. And interestingly, when I first started with the Coursera courses and the meetups, it was because I was feeling like my my technical knowledge was getting a bit stale and that technically I needed to refresh my skills and get them up to date. And actually the last seven years or so since since I started, actually it's eight years now since I started that journey, 
if anything, I've got further and further away <laughs> from those technical skills. And I, what I'd really love to do is get to a point where at least, at least 20% of my week, I could be working on building software or learning new languages or joining one of your peer-led sessions doing Coursera courses without feeling that I didn't have the time for it. And that's, that's, that's my biggest regret actually right now. And so in a way, it's as much about where I'm at as it is about where the organisation is at that um, I, I kind of aspire for things to be a bit different. What language would you be learning? If you, you know did what? have the time, do you think? I was going to ask the exact same question. I want to know what's on Dan's priority list. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, actually, I am, so I say I don't have enough time. I am teaching myself TypeScript, which cool. is so sweet. I, I, in fact, I don't, I, I'm almost tempted to think we should just be going straight in with TypeScript from week one but i know that's probably a bridge too far um but i i i'm i am so i am currently enjoying uh working working with typescript and or at least playing with it so that's pretty cool uh is that is that okay for a starter that that's not a proper language that's just like a extra bit on top of javascript yeah, come on but now. i like the easy wins uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think probably probably something to challenge myself maybe something maybe I, i've never really done any systems programming at all seriously and i think maybe finding a reason to learn rust and yeah. doing some yes. doing some proper back-end work is something, you know, I, I've not done that for years and years. And I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I see. I've, I'm feeling similarly. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have opportunities to learn it at, um, at soon. Um, I will have opportunities to learn Go, though, which is very exciting as well. That's really um, cool. But I hear such interesting things about Rust. Oh, seriously. I, I look, I, I, th I think if you're going to get a chance to pick up Go and being paid, to pick up go I, I you know really you shouldn't be complaining about that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not complaining i'm super excited is that with uh, soon is it as easy yeah yeah like a lot of their back end is in go so that'll be awesome yeah. nice that's really cool <laughs> um so another question for both of you then um, it means different things, completely different things to each of you. Um, but I guess like looking ahead, like what do you want to happen next? Where do you want to be or where do you want founders and coders to be? Um, I don't know. In the future, what's the trajectory? Um, yeah. So that's a really good question. I, I, I think there's, there's, there's a trajectory on a trajectory on different timescales. So in terms of the short term, we have recently become an apprenticeship training provider and we are steeling ourselves to launch our first apprentice program in the spring of 2021. And so right now, a big chunk of our energy, all of us, is, is on getting ready for that and making that be a success. 
And the thing that is really important for me right now is getting employers on board as apprentice partners. And so that's our first big challenge. And and it's a really important one. So that's that's number one. And then I think the second thing would be around uh, the coaching programs that we've just started one in the last few months with Islington Council. And we're talking to a few other potential partners too. And that program has the potential to make our program, including the program that you've just been through, as well as the apprenticeship program, more widely accessible. And the idea is to spend more time with people supporting them, coaching them before they get up to the standard required to get onto our course and before they get up to a standard where we would feel comfortable um, putting them in front of employers. And that's not something we've had the resources to do before, but we're, we're beginning through partnerships to get them now. That's really exciting because, I mean, I could talk more about sort of our history and the winding road, but uh, it, it really has always been about trying to make the tech industry more inclusive, uh, more democratic and more accessible to as many people as possible, regardless of their backgrounds. And I think because the barrier to entry into the program is so high these days, and it has to be because that's what employers demand, it does mean that some people that I really think could benefit from the program just aren't able to get up to the standard required. And the fact that we're now able to work with them uh, in a more active way and in particular coaching them to get up to the level they need to get to. That's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to doing more of that work and working with more people who are further away from the job market and further away from being ready for our apprenticeships or, 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 or the programme you've just been through. That's really exciting. And then I think the next thing that's really exciting is the Tech for Better programme, which we're not really talking about here. That's maybe one for another podcast, but we, we really, the way that's progressed in the last year has been really exciting and combining tech for better with apprenticeships is something I really want to be able to do next year. And so pushing tech for better further and just doing more of the social impact work we've been doing with nonprofits and uh, founders of social impact startups. That's been really exciting. And then I suppose the, f the fourth thing that's really exciting, and then I probably ought to stop because the list could go on and keep us here longer than we were intending. But I'm really excited about the prospect of seeing if we can do what we're doing in other places. Uh, again, this is a topic for another day, but we've got three sister campuses in the Middle East, all three of which we were very involved in setting up. And it's it's been a couple of years now since we've opened up any new campuses anywhere. And I'm I'm kind of missing that that excitement of going somewhere completely new and doing something for the first time. Uh, so I'm hoping that we'll get a chance to do that. And this time around I'd like to do something in the UK. I, I don't I don't know where yet. Uh, but uh, that's something I, 
I think possibly not for next year, but I'm looking forward to laying the foundations for it next year and maybe doing it the year after. No wonder you don't have enough time to like <laughs> learn things in your spare time. <laughs> There's so much going on there. Um, it's really interesting. I think I think you should probably um, open a new Founders and Coders in Manchester, right next to Manchester University, to get all of those dropout students <laughs> who just can't take it there anymore. <laughs> I would love uh. to. I would love to do something in Manchester. I lived there for ten years, and. Uh, yeah i i would love to go back i'd love to have a reason to go back uh so manchester would be a fantastic place to do a family do you know what i'm saying the same thing I, i'm just waiting for that reason to go back to manchester i love that city yeah i have i have very little desire to go back to nottingham <laughs> <laughs> it was fine <laughs> it was okay <laughs> yeah i get like i think I think that focus on accessibility and diversity is a really powerful one. I think there are so many um, different industries that have their own particular bias, but the barrier to entry in development, like the particular types of knowledge you need and the, like, yeah, all of the understanding that you need to be able to get there is quite exclusive and trying to open that up more and more and more seems like a valuable thing for the people that are the ones that get in, but also for the whole industry. So it's, yeah, really nice to be a part of an organisation that cares so much about those things, Dan, and it's really nice to hear you talking about them again. Mm. Yeah, so tech is a particularly interesting uh, area. I mean, software development in particular it, because it's the industry is quite new and the demand for it is going is going it's growing really quickly and the supply of competent developers can't really keep up with demand it means there's a, a lot of opportunities and a lot of innovation going on it and it's also not it's only really recently is it becoming a recognized let alone an established career path and so it's very different to becoming a lawyer or becoming a doctor or becoming an accountant. And I think those more established professions have looked themselves in the mirror and not, not liked what they've seen and, and they've had the time and they've got the maturity to try and do something about it. And so if you look at the intake to those professions, it really it's still problematic, but it's nothing like software development where a lot of people are still finding unorthodox routes into, into this industry. Uh, and therefore, it's probably even more than those established professions. It's something where you have to know it's there. You have to know how to get into it. You have to have the connections, the social capital, the wherewithal, maybe the money to go and do a coding boot camp. Um, and it, in, I think all of those things and, and, and other things as well. I mean, because it's a young industry, there's a lot of small companies that, that don't feel they have the capacity to mentor people and to, to give the attention that diversity and equity and inclusion requires. 
And I think because of all of those different things, it it really is in an industry that has got such a long way to go in terms of making itself accessible to the widest possible range of people who are capable, if only they were given the opportunity of making a really big impact at whatever level. And so that, you know, that's that's both the threat and the opportunity. I, th I think I think the tech industry and software development is is has got so much work still to do, but that's why I feel so grateful that I've got a chance. Maybe I've created the opportunity for myself to contribute something to that. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to have found something finally. It's taken me quite a long time to find something that I really felt was worth getting up for in the morning and that made me feel like I, I, I'm actually making an impact. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like the fact that you've also framed that in terms of like your your own positivity and like your own well being. That like creating that opportunity for other people like makes you feel that much better about being yourself as well. Like that's yeah, nice to know. Mm. Um, Josh. I'm going to ask you the same direction, yes. uh, same question in the other direction. So, where do you think you're headed? Oh, do you know what? I've been sort of mulling on my answer, and I, I'm, I just, uh, I'm just not sure. So, I'm since since graduating, founders and coders. What I mean, <laughs> three weeks ago now, I think. Uh, you know, no time at two all. and a half. Two and a half weeks ago. Um, I've just been diving into as much stuff as I can, really. Um, and I guess I'm just going to find out what I enjoy most and, uh, and just keep sort of refining my skills in, in that direction. Um, obviously I'm employed now, so um, I can't wait to sort of get my head around this new code base and some of the, some of the technologies that I've not worked with before. That's going to be really cool. Um, I'm, as I said, like, as I mentioned earlier, really, really hoping to learn some more about blockchain, um, learning more about sort of this, this web 3.0 movement that, um, you know, has a lot of potential and, and social implications. Um, and I think, I think a lot of my motivation, it, it comes back to this, this point about, um, this sort of like ethics area of, of technology where I think, um, I just, I'd quite like to be able to influence the direction that the technology is, is taking, um, for the good of the average person um so um uh, yeah i think i think blockchain technology has a lot of potential in that area um on the flip side i'm also like in in the sort of shorter term i'm really looking forward to getting involved with the next uh, founders and coders cohort actually um i can't wait to to mentor some people and 
remember what it was like, you know, week, what was it? Week five database week (laughs) 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 when everyone just simultaneously looked at SQL with horror. Um, I mean, come on, Node Week. Node Week was the was the oh, worst yeah, and best one. You know what? That was, <laughs> that was chaos. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to get involved in it. Um, I just, <laughs> I think, I think um, in a situation like that, it is really difficult, and it's the first time, really, I think, putting into practice something that is so sort of difficult to perceive and conceptualize if unless you've sort of like been exposed to it for any length of time which none of us had um you know we'd only learned what an http request was two weeks prior so uh yeah i think i think i think that week in particular would be quite a cool week to you know just be present for and maybe just you know be a calming presence and tell people you know what don't worry it is really difficult um but yeah i think um i think as well if 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 i can sneak a little talk about algorithms in into the next cohort what do you think dan do you reckon that you reckon we can teach some some basic sorting algorithms josh i am some big o notation i am so happy to hear that you're looking forward to coming back and mentoring and Oh my gosh, I would absolutely love to do a little bit more of the basics of algorithms. Yeah, and data structures. I think that'd be great. We'll have to make sure we create space for you to do that. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, I think I think it's quite an efficient way of uh, sort of like really tapping into that mindset of, of how a computer really operates as well. Um, an algorithm... When you're coding, you've got to really break it down into a step-by-step set of instructions. And you've got to think, you've got to sort of take all of your human perceptions out of the equation and think like, right, you know, the computer knows nothing. It can assume nothing. Um, How do I make it do this crazy thing as efficiently as possible? Uh, I think think something like that would be pretty helpful. and Vatzel did. Uh, Vatzel had his little talk, didn't he, on data structures and algorithms, which was um, which was really useful. I really enjoyed that actually. Um, As did I. I think that's definitely part of why we're we're doing the course that we're doing now. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I just love Vatzel, so. <laughs> I would. Uh, he's a he's a fantastic teacher. Yeah, he is. I would I would listen to to him talk about maths all day long. Knows his stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't have a particular a particular direction. I think I've just been sort of, I've had my eyes open to this this crazy fantastic world um, where I really believe that, um, for the first time in in a long time, I can really go in whatever direction I want, and I'm I'm really happy just to. I, you know, enjoy the ride, <laughs> um, and see what see what takes my passion. Yeah, I think like the knowledge that we now have, it feels like being granted a lot of freedom, right? Like absolutely. That, 
I do feel empowered by having this knowledge, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and the skills that have come from Founders and Coders. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what opportunities lie ahead and which ones we end up picking. Um, yeah. But absolutely. just like you, super excited about spending some of that time teaching the next cohort. That should be fun. <laughs> Do you have a week in mind of uh, anything taking your fancy? Node. Node. <laughs> like honestly, the introduction the introduction to the separation of like front end and back end and how they connect together and just the the fact that you have to that you suddenly start thinking about um something so you feel like you're uh, becoming familiar <laughs> with how web development works yeah. and then you're introduced to node and like <laughs> it just changes everything it's like it suddenly it goes three-dimensional yeah that's, that's <laughs> and pretty good being there to guide people through that experience would be amazing yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah that was a really good analogy actually um surprisingly two-dimensional isn't it until you start having <laughs> a server involved love it all right. I think it's probably time that we wrap up. So do either of you have any quick last things that you want to discuss before we close this podcast? I think that's a no. No. I Lovely. Think, I think that's everything. I suppose the only thing well, I'd like case, to say is, is I hope that anyone foolish enough to have listened to the end of, all the way to the end <laughs> of this podcast doesn't get the impression that founders and coders is just for refugees from physics. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do make up a surprisingly large proportion. <laughs> but no, you're very right. Um, the, the nice thing is that there are people from many, many different backgrounds in Thousand Encoders. But the joy of listening to the podcast is people who have already found that out by the time they get to this episode. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but hey, okay then. Well, in that case... Um, I've been Azizi Adiemo. And I've been Josh, your heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dan. Dan Sofa. And that was another episode of the Founders and Coders podcast. Bye-bye. Smashed Bye. it.